said, when the Mishnah says that less than a pruta of value need not be returned, that's when the stolen item is no longer in existence. However, if it is, it still has to be returned, and the victim must has to be chased down to return the item to him. The reason is we're concerned that the value of the item will, will increase to a pruta, in which case he would then be required to be returned. If, and if it wasn't the ushan that was, that was previously brought, which must be brought after the return obligation has been fulfilled, is retroactively puzzled. Others say that Papa said, even if the stolen item is still in existence, if it's worth less than a pruta, it does not have to be returned, because we're not concerned that the price will increase to a pruta or more. Rav said if someone sold three bundles that were worth a total of three prutas and their value depreciated to a total of two prutas, if the Ganav then returned two bundles, he still has to return the third done bundle as well, even though it's worth less than a pruta now. He has to return it because it was worth a pruta at the time it was stolen. We can see from this from a Mishnah as well. The Mishnah says if someone stole chametz and Pesach then passes, making it worthless, if he has the chametz, he may simply return it. This suggests if he no longer had the chametz, he would have to pay the value of the chametz as it was at the time he stole it, even though right now it's worthless. The same would be in the case of the bundles. Rav asked, what if he sold two bundles that were together with a pruta and returned one of them to the victim? Do we say that there's nothing of value left in his hand that was stolen that was stolen and he therefore does not need to return it or do we say that he did not return the items that he, he stole he has to he gave back less than a pruta that's not called a return of a stolen item rather than said there's no stolen item here and there's therefore no returned item here in fact if there's no stolen item by definition that means there was a return where he means that although there was a pruta there was not a pruta of stolen items left he has also not fulfilled the myth of returning the stolen item because he never returned items worth a pruta rubber said if a Nazar was obligated to shave his head, left two hairs unshaved, he has not fulfilled the shaving requirement. Rabbi asks, what if he shaves one of the two remaining hairs? Normally, if one's left over, that's called shaved. But over here, he left over one of the two. So Rabbi Ahmed, if he asked Ravina, how is that different than a Nazir who shaves off one hair at a time? Surely, he will have fulfilled his obligation to shave the head. Ravina said, we're asking... Rava was asking where one of uh, the two hairs fell out, and then he shaved the last remaining hair. Do we say that there's no hair left, so the obligation is fulfilled? Or do we say that since when uh, since there were two hairs to shave, and he only shaved one of them, when when there were less than two hairs left at that point in time, he has not done an act of shaving. An act of shaving has to be when there's two hairs, and therefore he has not fulfilled his obligation. Rava answered, there's no hair here, and there's no shaving here. What does that mean? If there's no hair, that means shaving it was done. Rava meant although there is no hair on his head, he did not fulfill the mitzvah of shaving his head. Rabbi said, Amisha said if a barrel was put in a hole that separated a lower and an upper floor, the barrel will prevent Tumah from spreading from one floor to the next. If the barrel gets a hole, making the barrel Tomei, Tumah will pass through the other floor, to the other floor. If the hole gets sealed with sediment from the barrel, Tumah will no longer pass through. Rabbi asked, what if the opening between the floors was large enough for Tumah to pass through? It was a tefach, and a person then sealed half the opening, leaving an opening that would have not have been large enough initially for Tumah to transfer. What happens then? So Ravashi, the Mishnah itself says that if the hole was stuffed with vines, it does not prevent Tumah from passing unless one fills the spaces around the vines with clay. We see that filling half the hole is insufficient. Or said it could be that clay has to be added over there only because that's the only way to make sure that the vines won't move. However, if someone plugged half the opening with something that would stay put, maybe it would be sufficient. Rav said the Mishnah taught if someone stole chametz and Pesach then passes, the Ganav may simply return the worthless chametz after Pesach and has fulfilled his return obligation. Rav asked, what if the Ganav swore falsely about having stolen that chametz? Do we say that since if he gets if he gets stolen from him now, he would have to pay the original value and therefore he has sworn falsely regarding a monetary obligation? Or do we say that right now it's worth and therefore he did not? We find that Rabbi wasn't unsure about this question because he said in a case where one's where one had another's ox and claimed that he didn't steal it, but rather had it from some other as some other form of a shimer. If he swore falsely to that, he'd be chayiv on because he swore in a way that would make him putter depending on the type of shamer he claimed to be and he would have to pay even though right now he simply can return the ox since if the ox was taken from him he would have to pay 
He is said to have sworn falsely on a monetary obligation. The same would be for the Ganav who stole the Chametz. Rabbi repeated this halacha that the Ganav who swore that he was a Shemim must bring an Asham because he tried to make him a potter in certain circumstances. Rabbi Amram said that Raisa learns from the Pasuk of the Kichesh Bo that if a Ganav swore that he received a stolen item as a Shemir, he would not have to bring an Asham. Rabbi answered this Raisa is discussing where the Ganav immediately gives the animal back to the owner. I was talking about a case where the animal was in a swamp, not ready to be returned. Says, but as said, there are three cases of a person losing an item and asking witnesses to give information regarding the lost item, and they swear that they don't have information. The first is where they swore that they had no information, but in fact had seen the lost animal, but did not know who it was, who, who they saw that had found it. Number two is they saw someone who they knew find an animal, but they didn't know whose animal it was. And number three, they did recognize the lost animal and the person who found it. In fact, what halachic way did Menazah mean, want to make us aware that these are three different circumstances that exist? said he meant to teach that the witnesses in all these cases will be part of bringing a carbon for swearing false regarding not knowing testimony that could that could help somebody. Shmuel said he meant to teach that they would be chayiv in all these three cases. Mar said they argue as the Tanoim and a Brisa do, which says the Brisa says if someone makes a single witness swear that he doesn't know testimony, the witness is potter if he swore false. Elazar the son of Shimon says he's chayiv. Machlekes says Elazar the son of Shimon holds that something that can cause a benefit of money is considered to be money itself, whereas the Tanakama says that it is not. who denies having an item given to him becomes a gazan at the time of the denial and becomes chayiv even for anointness. We can see this from a bride as well. The bride says we learn from a pasuk that someone who denies a deposited item becomes chayiv to return it and he would therefore be chayiv for any anointness that may happen to it. We see we see this happens after a simple denial. In fact, Mother Bryce may be referring to a case where he swore falsely and only there is there such treatment. Mar says that the, that the later part of the Bryce is the person who swore falsely. So this earlier part must be discussing someone who did not swear falsely. Mar says it may be that both parts of the Bryce are discussing where someone swore falsely. The first case is discussing where witnesses testified that he swore falsely, in which case he becomes chayyim for the item even if an oinus happens. And the second case is discussing where he admitted to his guilt, in which case he's chayyim for principal and additional fifth and for carbon ashram. Understood this way, the Bryce cannot be cited as a support for. Rav Sheishas. Rabbi Barachama asked, the mission says, if a defendant is in a situation where he should swear and not have to pay, but he is someone who has previously swore falsely. So even if he swore falsely regarding testimony or deposited as a shamer, the plaintiff swears in his place and collects based on his swearing. Now, according to Rav even without having sworn falsely, if a person simply denied having an item as a shamer, he should become possible without having sworn falsely. And for the Gemara, the mission is talking about where the item given to him to watch was in a swamp at that time that it, that it was being asked for, and he denied having it just to try to give himself some more time to fetch it and return it. That's why it's not considered a true denial. In fact, Mar Ilfa has said that an oath is kaina, which presumably means that he would then be responsible even for anointness. We see that this only happens when he swears and not just from a denial. And Mar here too, the case is that the item was in a swamp. The second terrorist, like Mar, we can say that an oath is an oath is kaina is meant that like Rav Huna in the name of Rav said that if someone denies having money of a second person and swears to that effect and witnesses then come and say that he does have the money he's potter from paying this is based on the pasuk that says that once a plaintiff has accepted the defendant's oath the defect the defendant no longer has to pay this is what is meant that uh, this is what is meant that upon oath he's kaina however he may agree with Rav Sheish that even from the time of the denial the shomer is already chayef or even an honest that happens to the item.